Hey, what's up, everyone? And welcome to another episode of We Need to Talk. My guest today is a powerhouse vocalist who gained national attention during his time as a finalist on American Idol. He's made appearances on The Ellen Show, Today Show, Entertainment Tonight, and Access Hollywood, just to name a few. His single, Beautiful, reached the top 100 on the Billboard dance charts, and he's performed alongside artists such as John Legend and Maroon 5. He's one of my favorite vocalists, but even more so, he's one of my dearest friends. David Hernandez, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you. What a lovely introduction. I appreciate that. Of course. That's like the only thing I prepared because whenever I have fun (laughs) on the show, I just don't prepare because we just end up chatting about everything and going off topic anyway. So... (laughs) I just love it when people, when like my peers say that like you're one of my favorite vocalists because like I don't know why in in like our careers our peers matter the their opinions matter the most to us yeah you know because totally. you know obviously we appreciate the fans but like when you have somebody else who you respect mutually say like I actually love your talent you're like oh my god yeah especially yeah. yeah when it's a friend for sure because then you're like oh you you aren't just you know, saying it because you're my friend, like it's genuine. Yeah, absolutely. I, I love yeah. that. I love that. Well, there are a lot of things that we do need to talk about things that I would love to get your perspective on just as an artist. And you see my posts on Facebook, often social media. And I right. sure do. <laughs> we have our own little one-on-ones in, in our text, but a lot of those aren't appropriate for this podcast. So. Amen. We will keep that. We wouldn't have friends if we discuss what we discuss publicly. I love it. Well, one of the things I did want to ask you, I'd love for you to share, because I don't even think we have personally had this conversation, but I would love to just talk about your journey of being on American Idol and why you chose to go on the show and then how that kind of set the path that you're on now after, you know, you yeah. left the show and, you know, going into your music career that has really been flourishing. So what was that journey like for you? Well, it was crazy and it was, it was like boot camp for singers, but I think, you know, at my age now and not being 13 years behind me, I really have come to appreciate that journey so much more than I ever thought I would. Um, I think, you know, when you're on the show, uh, it feels like a rat race and, you know, being in this industry now for almost 15 years plus, um, I think that I can appreciate the opportunity that I was given that I was able, I was so fortunate to be able to make it into that top 12. And, um, I think at the time it didn't feel that way. Right. Like it felt like, Oh my God, I have to keep like, what's the next move. And when you look back over like your body of work, like certain things kind of stand out to you in your life, right. This, in this journey. And that's one of the moments for me because it wasn't intentional. I had just gotten dropped from my record label. Um, I had a manager at the time who, was obsessed with American Idol and he was like, you need to audition. And I was like, no, I'm not going to do that. The only person <laughs> I admire on that show is Kelly Clarkson. Cause I was kind of snobby. I was like, I'm an artist. I write my own music. Like this is a yeah. fast track to fame. And I want to, I want to take the long, hard road. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so I just got a job from my label. He had figured out a way to let the attorney release me from all contractual obligations. He sent him like a care package, like a massage care package or like, it was literally like, a week before I was going to go to Hollywood week. So I had auditioned for it. I drove up to San Diego and um, I just didn't care. I I didn't think I'd make it honestly. Mm. Um, And it's always in those moments when you don't really think you're going to make it, or you just don't care that you probably shine the most because there's no pressure, you know? Yeah. And I just kept going round through round. And I was like, Oh my God, this could really, this might be a thing. (laughs) You know, I, I might actually make it. And so I made it to Hollywood week and um, I remember them saying, if you make it past this round, it's a fast track to the top 24. And I made it in that round. And that's when I really started getting like 
like goosebumps and feeling like, yeah. oh my God, like a little Mexican boy from Guadalupe, Arizona. Like I'm, I'm going to be on national television. This is crazy. Yeah. Like yeah. I was the first person in my family to go to college. I was, I'm the first person in my family to be on TV in that, in that aspect. And so I just felt like, um, I thought it felt really cool. And, and then I got on the show and I had all this like, I don't know, advice from like professionals. I didn't know that you could change keys in a song. I didn't know that you could uh, like mash a song up. I thought you had to kind of stick to that format. And yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then I just, I don't know. It was just kind of a whirlwind, honestly. I still can't believe that it really happened and that I was lucky enough to be a part of something so uh, momentous in history. You know, it's right. still one of the biggest shows that ever ever happened so that was that was my journey yeah what did you take from your experience that you are continuing to use in your journey as a vocalist oh my god humility Mm. humility 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 i i remember being on the show and god there's so many cringy moments that i wish i could take back (laughs) oh god you know there was some some arrogant comments that i probably made or like some people i offended because i was just young and naive and I, i don't know like i said some things that probably weren't appropriate but um but I've learned that um, to appreciate your peers and it's, it's, it's not a competition. Art is so subjective and you know, someone's voice may not be for you and vice versa. Like not everyone likes my voice. And I just, um, I've learned to be humble from that experience and that that platform is a once in a lifetime thing. And you know, it's just such a blessing that I was able to to be a part of that. But yeah, humility is something that I still learn in my thirties, like, you know, moving forward. That's Check a beautiful yourself. lesson. Yeah, but seriously, I think as artists, yes. it's probably one of the harder things to come by, especially we live in LA. Like, can yeah. we talk about it? You know what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah. To come across artists that are humble. So I do love that you take that. And I've never actually picked up on any form of like arrogance from you whatsoever. I do think you're very humble. So I love that Thank that's you. something that you learned and you've tried to, to keep in your life and in your everyday. You know what? Like I don't that. think it's so much as an arrogance thing. I think it's more of like, like I sometimes you might catch yourself in a moment where you feel like you deserve this or like Mm -hmm. you that opportunity like I this is for me like I worked for it and as we know what God has for you is for you don't get don't get ahead of yourself before the horse you know and I think that that's where like I've never been the person to be like I'm the I'm the shit like I'm gonna be this or that or whatever I just more like catch myself and like why didn't I I should have been there or you know, those sort of moments. That's yeah. what really humbles me, you know? Yeah. yeah. So as your career has grown, because you do have a very large fan base, you have dedicated fans and I loved seeing you grow just in the past year, which we're going to talk about that in a second, but how have you managed to balance sharing aspects of your personal life with your fans, but still maintaining a sense of privacy? Because I know that can become a struggle sometimes when you, you know, shoot into, you know, national attention and every, all eyes are on you just in the last 13 years. How have you managed to keep that balance? I, God, it's such, I think I'm still trying to manage it. Mm. Um, Because as open as I am, people will catch, like, I'll be super open one day and then I'll be like, I'm such an introvert most days. I know it's hard to believe for people that see me like on social media when I'm posting shirtless pictures and stuff, but like I get to control that narrative, you know, I, and that's super important for me. So like, I'll go on a day where I'm like, I want to be super open. And then the next day I'm in my feelings and then somebody will comment because like say like DM me or, or text me or say something 
based on that openness that I had. But in that moment, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not there. I'm like, I'm in an introvert moment and I want to fire back. And so that for me is difficult because that's a balanced situation because you've just shared yourself, but now you don't want to share. Yeah. So how do you, how do you navigate that? And I think in 2016, when I came out publicly, that was my way of saying, Hey, I'm like an open book, but just because you're an open book doesn't mean you don't have boundaries. Right. You know, like you can share some things about yourself, but like that doesn't give you the license to ask me all these personal questions. Yeah. Yeah. And I get that a lot. And so I try to not fire back because I'm a Gemini and I have that side of myself where I like, I'll pop <laughs> off, you know, and then I'll be like, wait, hold on, you didn't mean to do that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's such a difficult thing. And people are like, well, wait, you're an introvert. Like you like to be alone. I love to be alone. I love to be alone so hard. <laughs> I love it so much because when you, you know how this is. Like once you're out there on the stage, like it's open game. You know, yeah. like people are like, yeah. yo, Melinda, Melinda, you know. Um, so it's, I still try to navigate that. But I, I will say that I've learned in the last year, the pandemic has taught me one really crucial thing, and it's the power of no. Mm. I do not, and I don't even have to explain or qualify the no. Like, I just, yeah. you know what, do you want to do this? You know what, I can't make that happen. And not even, I'm sorry, just, I'm not going to be able to make that happen. What do you, you know? think kind of put you in that position? Because I feel like I also learned that in the last year as well. But when I think it's for me, at least having everything kind of stripped away, it made you realize, yeah. okay, well, what's important? What do I need? What do I want to give energy to? And so it, it was easier to say no to things coming that part, not really out of the pandemic, but you know what I mean? Like, I know what you mean. Yeah. Out of the pandemic, you know, so it was, is that kind of a similar feeling for you? Totally. I think you nailed it. Like having everything stripped away and realizing what matters most. I mean, we went into proper survival mode, some of us more than others. You know, I lost all of my work and I, you know, I didn't have any other, uh, any other sort of thing to lean on. Like music was my whole thing. Yeah. And I had to learn like other skill sets and other ways to survive. And I think it was such a, I don't know. It felt at the time super painful, mm. but it made me realize like, you're not just a singer. Like you're, you're a human, like you're a brother, you're an uncle now, like you're a boyfriend, you're a son, like you're all these really dope things that like you're the sum of who you are is not just a singer. And for the longest time, I really felt that way. And I felt like I had to say yes to everything, even if it was like a shitty gig, like I had to like say yes to it. And then I had to show up and be like the most. And now I'm just like, if it doesn't serve me, if I don't feel connected to it, then I shouldn't do it because then I'm, yeah. people are going to see that and they're going to feel that. And there's somebody else that'll take it and that'll feel it more than I will. Like, you know, yeah. and, 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 and vice versa for other people that pass on gigs that I want to take. Like, I don't know. I just realized like, it is not that serious. Like you, you'll be fine. You'll be totally fine. And no one's going to discover you on that gig. You're going to like, you're still doing, you know what I mean? Like I always mm -hmm. thought, Oh my God, if I do this, like maybe they'll see me and like, I'll get a manager or like a record deal, whatever. Like, again, like what God has for you is for you. Like what yeah. the universe has for you is for you. Like, yeah. if you're not, if you're not invested in it, just don't do it. Just say no. They'll respect yeah. that more. And saying yeah. no is part of what God has for you, to be honest. Like if you are Absolutely. feeling that you're not supposed to say yes to something, that to me is always God being like, no, 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 don't, don't do it don't do it girl yeah. <laughs> like it's not supposed yeah. to right yeah but I also absolutely feel like in our industry there's this culture of making people feel like they have to 
like they're going to miss out on a chance. Like I hate when you're always told like, Oh, you never know. And it's like, no, I think I do. <laughs> no, it's so crazy. I was watching this documentary yesterday called this changes everything. I don't know if mm. you've seen it, I haven't. Um, but it's uh, Gina Davis kind of spearheads it. And it's about women in film and the lack of representation. And I, even though it's about that, there was a, there was a comment she made in there and she said, you know, you you're always afraid to say no because you don't know if this opportunity is going to come again. And that's, we've been conditioned to believe that in this yeah. industry. And it's so sad because we take on a lot of things that don't serve us. And even, you know, to go deeper, like with friendships, like if someone's like, Hey, do you want to grab a drink with me tonight? And you're like, oh, I really don't want to grab, then don't grab a drink with that don't. person. Just <laughs> say no, it's okay. Cause you're going to show up to that, to that moment and be so miserable and not invested in the conversation yeah. that, you're doing them more of a disservice, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I want to backtrack a little bit to when you said you came out in 2016. Did you ever feel being a vocalist and being a solo artist that you had to conceal your true identity in order to get ahead? Absolutely. I think that stemmed back from my record deal days. Um, I had the CEO of the label tell me, we know that you're at the time bisexual, which, we, you know, we all know in my world, like by, by, by now, gay later, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, no. you know, I didn't, I didn't want to fully step into the realm of, of gayhood, but you know, every part of my, every fiber of my being was like, you gay, like, mm. you know that you've known that since you were six years old. Yeah. Um, but the labels were putting me in front of like Porsches with like, I wish you could see these photos, Melinda. They're so embarrassing. Like <laughs> it's me with like an open jacket and I'm sitting on like a Porsche and there's like four girls behind me half naked, like with like crop tops. That's and, like, like something Pitbull would do. It, literally. I thought I was Pitbull before Pitbull was even a thing. That's who I thought I was. And you know, I, the song was called yo name. I really want to know your name. Like, really? Like, it couldn't be any more basic than that. And so, the you know, I sat down with her and I was like, hey, like, I had a boyfriend at the time. And I was mm -hmm. like, I have a boyfriend. She's like, don't ever share that. Like, don't, let's not talk about it. Like, you have this image and then you have your personal life. And they're, and they're totally different things. So, that's what I was conditioned to believe. And, you know, every part of my upbringing was, you know, my dad and mom never told me not to be gay. My mom embraced who I was. But mm -hmm. there was this, you know masculine you know toxicity thing in the mexican-american culture that was like you know just wasn't conducive to a, a gay lifestyle or what yeah. people perceived as a gay lifestyle so my artistry you know very much was separate from who i was as a human which i realize now doesn't really work for me i am you know right it, it all coincides for me why did you make the decision to come out when you did oh my god that's such a that question still like um I had fans that were reaching out to me over the years that I would either ignore or I would just, you know, pretend that I wasn't part of that same community that were, mm -hmm. they were part of the LGBTQ plus community and little boys would be like, Oh my God. Like, cause people could see that I was gay, obviously. Like, I mean, and they knew things and they heard rumors and it was just, it was clear that I was hiding something. Mm -hmm. So they'd reach out to me and they'd want to relate and I just would shut it down. And then fast forward to maybe, I don't know, seven or eight years later, I started, um, communicating with a certain fan and then i realized he had committed suicide mm. and it was because of his sexuality and i just felt a mm. lot of responsibility i don't know how to explain it not for his death but but because i wasn't able to extend that 
olive branch and that I wasn't able to relate because I was so closed off. And I just thought like, if I can, if I can't be open and share my experiences as a former American idol, like, you know, quote unquote celebrity or whatever, you know, Mm -hmm. however you want to say celebrity, but if I can't relate to these, these little kids in these small towns and like, they end up like that, like, what am I here for? Like, it's a responsibility, you know, I feel like I should be able to share those parts of myself and connect and maybe in hopes of, because art is supposed to heal. And why can't I, why can't I be that like healing sort of factor? And so that's what really changed for me. And I thought like, if there's some little kid in the middle America who thinks this is the best that we'll ever get, or the it's, it's going to be this bad for this long. I want to be that person that says, you know what? Like, no, you can be all these things. Like you can be gay and come from a small town and all that and still be what you want to be, you know? So that's kind of what changed for me. Did you feel like you had representation in terms of how you were feeling? Because you said that you knew when you were six. So mm-hmm. did you have anybody to look at that you were like, I feel like I resonate or this represents who I am? Like whether it be media or someone in your personal life? No, not at all. No, I didn't feel that way at all. I felt super alone as a kid. Mm-hmm. I didn't really even start feeling like I was part of anything else until I was able to live on my own. Like when I went to college and started like experimenting and like, you know, going on dates and and that kind of stuff. But there wasn't really anyone in the media. I mean, we knew Elton John was gay, but like Ricky Martin hadn't come out by then. Um, I don't think George Michael had either. So Mm. yeah, I mean, we all kind of had this idea or that maybe Prince was like bisexual. Like we, mm-hmm. you know, there was all these rooms, but it was always very hush. Like nobody yeah. really came out until later. So yeah, 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 yeah. no. And like, you know, I mean, you can relate to this. Like when you look at the screen, like, do you see yourself in yeah. the people on TV or whatever? No, I didn't really feel that way at all. And Will and Grace wasn't out by then. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I I personally do feel like I, I see a change in, in how society is responding to different identities. But do you, oh, yeah. being a member of that community, do you see the progress? I do. I see the progress. I still think that sometimes we're pigeonholed into like the gay best friend or like yeah. the stylist <laughs> or the makeup artist, you know. Yeah. Um, but I think that the roles are getting deeper and deeper, which is which is great. But I I definitely, I see myself more on TV than I ever have. Mm -hmm. Um, But back then, no, there wasn't, there wasn't really representation for, for my kind. (laughs) 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 Um, So I want to talk about the last year, year and a half for you, because I don't know, like in the age of COVID, like it was just difficult for artists all around, but you really found a way to, keep your passion going and keep work going. And I really admire you because I would never ever commit (laughs) to doing weekly live streams, but in, you know, you making this commitment to do that, what was the biggest challenge in doing this every week for people? You did what? 57 live stream concerts. It was 58, but I'm pretty sure it was well over 60. Some were just not documented. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I did like I mean, pop that's up incredible. ones. And it, it's really like, you have to be a self-starter. Like, Hey, I need to make money. I can't do live performances. What can I do? Yes. So you figured out a way to do it and it really saved people. It saved you and also became lucrative for you. But what were one of some of the biggest challenges for you in making the choice to do that? Showing up in my depression. That mm. was, I mean, showing up on film or on camera and knowing that I feel like absolute crap 
because I was either depressed or hung over because I was depressed or, you know, whatever it was. Um, but I mean, you know, I mean, you show up and I'm proud of you too, for your podcast. Like you show up multiple times like yeah yeah i mean sometimes twice a week right like yeah sometimes even and feeling the same way just like i don't want to do this i feel this way yeah for sure it it taught me a lot about just pushing through and like rising above the fray i initially you know i did it again like for the for the um out of desperation and like also like needing the money yeah but then it became more of like proving it to myself that i could and other people were starting to depend on me. Like, um, mm. and even now, like I get people like, oh, when are you going to do another live stream? And I don't know. It just became a thing where like, I loved doing it. It was, it was not about the money after a while. It was more just about wanting to sing new songs. And like, I wasn't getting any other outlet. Like I was, you know, singing around the house, but like I wasn't on stage anywhere getting the applause. So I made it a point to learn three to four new songs every week. Mm. Um, I would print out a set list and like, I'm like drinks with David, like four nineteen twenty, and I still have those set lists. Like I still yeah. kept them because it's like nostalgia for me. And I don't know, it just uh, it became a thing that I loved and was invested in, and and I knew that people liked it. I didn't yeah. honestly when I first did it, I was I was like, this is not this is going to be a one time thing. It's not going nowhere. Like, no one's going to watch it. Yeah, like, yeah and me, yeah. yeah. It was like me and Courtney, I think Jay, just me and Courtney. And then I had like the two band members, Dwight and Sebastian behind me. And then that was before we went into full on lockdown and then full on lockdown happened. And I was like, what am I going to do? Like, I'm not seeing a karaoke track. Yeah. I was so snobby about it. And then, and you then, and then and I people did loved it. it and they loved it. And then I realized like, Oh my God, like they don't care. Like they just want to see you and hear your voice. And then I started having my musicians from home create like custom tracks for me. Cause I was like, well, if I'm going to do this, <laughs> You know, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to make it sound cute. Yeah. 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 I love that. So it was cool. I love that. So going back into live performances, having had this experience, is there anything that you feel you're going to do different in terms of how you perform? That's a good question. Different. I think just song selection. I think I'm going to sing a lot more of my original content. I really connect to that. And people seem, they always said during the live streams, like, I love it when you sing your original stuff. You seem so like that's just you shine on that on that stuff. And yeah. you know, I'm a songwriter, so <clears throat> of course I shine on that stuff. It's the stuff that I it's about my life. Like I can relate to it. So I think that Yeah, that's great. I love that. Where you are in your career right now, what is something that you want to achieve that you haven't yet achieved? Ooh. I think film and television. Hmm. I would, uh, I, I'm an actor and I need to get back into classes, which I'm planning on doing in the next month. But, um, but I would love to be able to express myself like that. That's like yeah. something else I would love to do. And also, um, uh, song placements. Like I, there's nothing more than I would love than to like to see my, to hear my song, like on a, on one of my favorite series or, yeah. you know, I mean, you is know, there, how is that, there a series specifically that you're like, that's the one that I would love that I would like all, all, of, them, all of them, all of them, <laughs> all of them. You just tell me which one and I'll write the song for it. I don't even care. Like every single one, <laughs> every single, well, I've been watching, I've been watching the hand of God, which is an old series with Ron Perlman. Literally um, never heard of it. What is it about? Oh my God. It is about a guy who uh, gets visions that he thinks are from God that like basically uh forces him to <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> forces him to get vaccinated no i'm kidding 
<laughs> no, but it forces him to like, because his son died and he thinks people are responsible. So it forces him to like kill people based on these like visions that he's seeing. And so it still hasn't unfolded yet, whether they're like legitimate visions. Interesting. But it's, but it's a really dark series. So how old is it? I've literally never heard of this. The second season was in 2019. Oh, so it's not that old. Not that old. No. Okay. It's on Hulu, yeah. Netflix. What? That's on Amazon prime. Oh, okay. So yeah, I wasn't even going to name it. It's super Amazon dark prime. though. So if y'all have a weak stomach, just don't watch it. It's a dark moment. Interesting. Okay, I'll have to look that <laughs> up. Uh, okay, so you mentioned though during the pandemic that you learned the power of saying no, which I love. Yeah. But is there anything that you're surprised that society didn't learn during this pandemic? And I know this could make us be here for like an hour, but from just your vantage point, just a couple of things, because I personally am surprised by a lot of things that society didn't learn because we're going back to our old ways. And it's just like, did you guys learn nothing yeah. last year? But just, just for you, what are you surprised by in terms of that? I'm surprised that we're all going through this like national, or sorry, international worldly tragedy and that we can't find it in ourselves to stand together. Mm-hmm. I, I, it, it baffles me that during that pandemic, we went through the Black Lives Matter went through George Floyd, we went through so many tragedies in the midst of this pandemic, and we still can't find it within us to, to say, like, I see you, I relate to you, I understand you, let's stand together on this. It's so crazy to me that during a time of, of just sadness and tragedy that we, we can't lean on each other. Yeah. Isn't, I, isn't that crazy, crazy to you? It is crazy because I even said this to somebody. I said, I feel like people don't actually want world peace because then there would be nothing for anybody to do. <laughs> do you think we're, do you think that people just innately want to live in like tumultuous? It just feels that way because I don't think it's, it should be this difficult. Yeah. You know? And so it's like, okay, so if we had world peace and you wouldn't have anything to complain about or you would have nothing to lobby for, you'd have nothing to fight for, so we'd all be happy? Like, what's wrong with that? <laughs> Do you think that we as humans just innately want to have struggle? Does that, does that validate our existence? Yes. Struggle yeah. and drama. Yes, I think I can. I can kind of relate to that a little bit that. sometimes, right? Yeah. yeah. I guess, like, you know, you want to tell the story and the story always starts out with, well, it's been a long road. <laughs> You know, instead of like, actually, I've had a beautiful life. We don't get to that beautiful life moment until after the story is done. Yeah, you know? but it's also like when you're in a relationship and you haven't like, like had a fight or anything, you're like, maybe I need to pick you one. Pick one? Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I can see that. You know, what is that I about? I don't know why we're, we're wired this way. It's really fascinating, but it's also kind of disappointing because I'm like, come on, y'all. Like, let's just, let's come together on this. I'm just really surprised that people actually think that they know more over science. Can we just let people that went <laughs> to school for like a thousand years do their job? They literally incurred so much debt going to school and you're going to tell them that you read something else on a blog that says that the vaccine doesn't work. I'm just so tired of losing friends, to be honest. Like, I literally... Like, uh, and I was, I was looking at a particular friend's Instagram yesterday. I had no idea that he was an anti-vaxxer. And I just was like, normally like a year ago, I would have chimed in and we would have went through this whole debate. But now I'm just like, oh, okay. It's exhausting. All right. I'm just another one bites the dust. And I hope that you don't infect anyone. I hope that, you know, I hope you live a long, healthy life and the yeah. people around you do too. Yeah, yeah. I'm just not going to debate this with you because again, I'm tired of this like negative energy and like losing friends and having, I've blocked so many people in the last year and I'm just over it. 
Yeah. It's, it's not the thing that you want to give your energy to. So you got to focus on the good stuff, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. We so try. in terms of good stuff, what do you have coming up that you could share with my listeners that you're working on currently? Okay. Um, album, an album, a full length album that I, I haven't done that in so long. I haven't actually done that ever. I've always released like EPs or mixtapes. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited about having like a body of work. I was just in the studio last night, my studio, because that was one thing I did during the pandemic is I created a studio in my spare bedroom and I learned how to record myself, which yeah. is something I had never done before. Um, but I have my friend Trent Park um, in here co-producing a song with me. And I just want like a consistent body of work that people can listen to from top to finish. Um, and so, yeah, that's the one thing. And then just doing private shows and hopefully a couple of live gigs in the Los Angeles area. Hopefully one that you could be a part of. Yes, yes. If, if I come out of my house, but you know me, <laughs> I'm very much a homebody. I'm like, ooh, child, I love being at home. I haven't bought any new clothes during this pandemic. I literally wear this all the time. I'm like, the only clothes I've bought have been more sweatpants. <laughs> but they're nice sweatpants. The most I dressed up was when I came to your show. And that was like, not even it was just all black you look fly as hell so stop it oh i love you (laughs) i'm glad you were able to come on the show well thank you thank you for having me where can people follow you um everywhere at d hernandez music d-h-e-r-n-a-n-d-e-z music with a c nothing fancy I love when it's simple. super simple. I try to con- <laughs> make it consistent. Yes, yes, yes. Follow him on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. You'll get some good in Spotify. You've Spotify, Spotify, right? Apple Music, all the things, all the things. All right, my love. Thank you so much. And to the listeners, make sure you subscribe and we'll talk to you again real soon. Mwah. Thank you. Bye.